Well, good morning once again. We are kicking into a brand new uh, sermon series this morning that we're calling Together, Overcoming Loneliness in a Crowded World. And, uh, you know, we've never been more accessible. We've never been more, more mobile, more able to communicate than we, have been, we are today. You know, just yesterday, I had an opportunity to talk with my mom and stepdad. Uh, they're in Italy right now. And we were on Skype. I was talking with them, watching them as they're standing by a gondola stand in Venice, Italy. I mean, it's amazing the, the, the accessibility that we have to others. And yet oftentimes we still find ourselves walking through life with some sense of loneliness. And so here in this next seven weeks, we're going to look at some biblical perspective on what it looks like to, to do life together, to get along with one another, to love one another as, as in our families, in our as friendships, in our neighborhoods. We've been talking a lot about reaching out to our neighbors, our actual people that live in the homes beside us uh, this year. So hopefully this will be an encouraging series for you. This morning we're going to hone in on the topic of listening, of listening. Uh, Lindsay and I moved to Indianapolis in the mid-2000s. We built a home there, and we moved in and started getting to know a, uh, the, the families that were around us, our neighbors. So on one side of us, we had uh, the dating couple and their best friend who were all living together in this little ranch house. Uh, across the street from us, we had the single guy who uh, kept his lawn meticulously. You know, the guy whose lawn makes everyone else's lawn look bad? He was across the street. Uh, the other side of us, we had a, an Asian family uh, that were growing corn stalks in their front landscaping beds. <laughs> Still don't know why. Uh, we had all, all kinds of weird interactions with this family, but one of them that always stands out to me, I was working out in the yard one day, and I watched as the father of the family gets in his car, his car's facing his house, and he turns on the car and peels out his wheels squealing like that video before and drives straight into the corner of his house. What in the world just happened? He gets out of his car. He's shouting. He's pointing at the car and he's pointing at me. I have no idea what he's saying, but it, but he's, I, I figure out eventually he's wanting me to help him get his car out of his house. So we do this. To this day, I have no idea. The guy doesn't speak a word of English. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to understand to understand meaningfully. And that's what we're talking about this morning. It's not just simply uh, listening to, to just hear the, the noise around us, but to actually make meaning and make sense out of it. Our anchor verse for this morning is going to be out of James 1. And here it is. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, if you're reading through James 1, these verses kind of stand out. They, they don't fit in with what's around them. But really, it's James introducing a theme that he's going to unpack through the rest of the book of James. And that's the power of our words. And just to illustrate this a little bit, I just pulled a few random verses out of James. Uh, later in James 1, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, this person's religion is worthless. Or James 3, I like this picture. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small part, yet it boasts of great things. Or James 4, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. Or James 5, but above all, do not swear either by heaven or by earth, 
by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. So James talks a lot about the power of our words. And if our words have the power to bless and to curse, right, to sow words of, of pain or wounds or healing, to bring life and death, then we ought to be careful of what we say. And that begins by listening. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Three points this morning. Tune in, tone down, listen up, or uh, lighten up, sorry. Tune in, tone down, lighten up. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. It's a simple message this morning. We're going to unpack this a little bit. So tune in. Uh, I was, I was uh, in Maryland helping my dad move uh, a couple of months ago. He's moving from Maryland down to Florida, and I saved a bunch of things from the yard sale. Uh, this being one of them. This is a 1920s, I believe, radio. And I, I brought it home. I plugged it in and it just made a whole bunch of noise. There's four knobs on here. I don't know what they do. One of them was volume, but I have no idea what the rest of them do. But I couldn't make sense out of it. Right. When I turn it on, there's just noise. But I'm sure that someone more knowledgeable than myself could probably clean this up and, and, and actually get it tuned into something that would be sensible. Right. So we talk about tuning in. This is more than just hearing. It's about making meaning out of things. Now, I think we all understand that that to some degree, this is intuitive to some degree. Right. That listening, the importance of listening and hearing. But it's easier said than done. And this morning, just for fun, I thought I'd introduce you to someone who is one of the best listeners that I've known in my life. Also, one of the best moms that I know in my life. Uh, I know I'm totally biased here, but I'm going to invite Lindsay to join me up here. This is my wife. I thought we'd just uh, let her share a little bit here with me. I've never asked her to do this before. Uh, she's said she's more comfortable about it behind the piano, but uh, we'll bring her out of her comfort zone a little bit today. So thank you. Um, Lindsay, you are one of the best listeners that I've known, both for our kids, uh, listening to you, listening to others, teaching piano lessons, uh, neighbors, when we've had small groups, it's amazing to me. And so I wondered if you'd just share a couple things that you think uh, help you to be a good listener. Yeah, so one would be um, having a little margin in life. Uh, sometimes we can get so busy, or maybe I should speak for myself, I can get so busy that I become so frazzled, and then that comes out in my response to other people, especially our kids. Um, so having margin in life looks a couple of different ways for me at this stage of life. Uh, one is turning the radio off in the car when I'm going here, there, and um, just having that silence. Uh, it also looks like um, telling myself to just stop, um, <laughs> stop cleaning or stop doing, stop working, and maybe even setting the timer for five minutes and sitting down breathing and reading a psalm or um, just having that quiet space. Yeah. We've talked oh. at times, what's that? Go ahead. We've talked at times that uh, I'm, I'm always keeping us on the go and Lindsay helps us to slow down and stay rooted at home. So she's good at that and uh, helpful to me as well in that. And I'd say the other thing too is, um, especially where our kids are concerned, um, just, you know, I've been in their age and stage in life before and uh, rejoicing with them, being excited with them when they're excited and then being sad with them when they're sad. And that goes for adults, too, that I'm listening to. Um, 
but Allison is really into coloring, and so um, she likes to show me every single color that she's <laughs> colored on a page. And so being intentional about setting something down that I'm doing, looking at her, mm-hmm. and being excited with her about what she's done. And same with Gavin, he loves Legos, so I hear a lot about his creations. So Every last piece. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, one of the things that we've talked about over time is that sometimes when you're a great listener, it can be tough to actually open up and then share more and actually speak more. So what are some things that that encourage you to share that help you to feel heard and and listened to? Well, eye contact is very important to me. So actually looking looking at someone um, or having someone actually look at my eyes when we talk. Um, uh, Let's see. Also, responsiveness. Um, It it helps when someone's not just saying, "Uh uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And also, um, if somebody asks good questions. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good questions. You know, sometimes it's helped us to just to, to clarify roles. That when, you know, when Lindsay's saying something, even for me to ask, you know, do you want me to just listen now, or do you want to know what I think about this? Uh, a, when I'm on my game and they ask that question, it's a good thing. Uh, well, last thing, and I will take a risk here, but... Uh, you know, what are some things that I or, or others do that might get in the way of you feeling heard or listened to? Well, perhaps phones or technology gets in the way. Like, for instance, if you come home and um, ask me, how was your day? And then do that. That doesn't mean a whole lot. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yes, exactly. <laughs> It's going to be 71 today. I know, know, 71. Um, And then also I think we're just self-centered people. We think about ourselves, but I think that um, when we're thinking about the other person that we're we're talking to or trying to relate to, it's really helpful. Yeah, Jesus talks about us being a servant and the importance of us serving others. I think one of the ways that we can serve others is by listening, by paying attention to them. Uh, and being other-centered. So thanks so much for sharing. Let's give Lindsay a hand. And uh, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so important to tune in. By the way, I think it's worth mentioning the phone uh, for, for just a moment more. Uh, you know, there is a conversation that's happening here uh, these days more than ever in in texts and tweets and snaps and posts and other things I don't even know the name of. And there's a conversation to be listened to here. Uh, now, some of us are so tuned into this that we miss the, the voices of others in the flesh and blood in front of us who God wants to use in our lives. Others of us are kind of unaware that this even exists and there's dialogue happening out there. I know for me, uh, I've, I've noticed this both with our last two presidents have tweeted. I'm not on Twitter. And I know there's a dialogue going on there that I'm not aware of until it shows up in the media. Uh, so I think it's good for us in general just to choose to tune in and, and be intentional about being listeners. You know, look for those places that God wants to, to speak into your life through others and to be intentional to listen for where God might want to use you in, in others' lives as well. So be, be quick to hear, tune in, slow to speak, tone down, tone down. This is going to, we're going to, just a couple thoughts on this, but uh, this has been a little sobering for me this week. 
the, it's, someone out in the lobby, actually, after the first service said, it takes us a year to figure out how to talk and a lifetime to figure out how to communicate. Well, but consider this, Proverbs 10, when there are many words, sin is unavoidable. But the one who controls his lips is wise. Isn't that sobering? When there are many words, sin is unavoidable. The more you have your, your mouth open, the more opportunity there is to stick your foot in it. I mean, it's just the way it goes. The more that we talk and at length, when we're filling every empty space with words, the more opportunity there is for sin. Or listen to Jesus, never one to pull punches here. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. That's sobering. If we think about this, uh, there will be a day that we stand before God and have to give account for what we've done, what we've said. And man, what if we when we have to give account for every careless word? That's a little sobering. Sometimes I think I wonder how we'd live our lives differently if we were more aware of that reality that one day we would stand before God and give account. You know, this even affects, I think, our prayers. Matthew 6, this is uh, just before Jesus talks about the Lord's Prayer. He says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Isn't that a cool thought? Your Father knows what you need before you even ask. You know, in essence, you know, we're talking about tuning in to others around us, but we're also, in a sense, talking this morning about tuning into God. And how cool to think that we're tuning into a God who is tuned into us. Tune in, tone down. Big idea here don't waste your words, make them meaningful, use them to encourage and to sow life into others. Tune in, tone down, tone down lighten up. Be slow to anger. Let me say this. There is a righteous form of anger that is not sin. And we see this in Jesus, right, when he faces hypocrisy or injustice. You you read through the Gospels and you look at the way he talked to the Pharisees. It's no wonder that he was crucified. He is scathing when he goes to to the talks to the Pharisees about their hypocrisy. But here's something that you will never see if you read through the Gospels. You will never see an angry word or attitude from Jesus when he is personally mistreated. Let me say that again. You will never see an angry word or attitude from Jesus when he's personally mistreated. He extends love and grace and forgiveness all the way to the cross. And what do we get angry about? Little stuff. We are so easily offended. Right? We get angry when our toes get stepped on or we get disrespected or things don't go our way. Or we get angry when we get cut off in traffic or the neighbor decides to grow corn stalk in his <laughs> landscaping bed. Can you believe they painted the wall of the church that color? And these chairs should be red for the blood of Christ, not blue. I mean, we get angry over the smallest things. And I think the point is here, be slow to anger. Don't be so easily offended. Let some things roll off your shoulders. I was thinking about this word anger this week, and and one of the things that I did just pondering this was I looked it up in the thesaurus because I was thinking, what's the opposite of anger? And uh, and just pondering it, these are some words that came up as antonyms for anger. Take a look, calm, cheer, comfort, ease. Happiness. Here's where this got kind of interesting for me. Joy, kindness, love, peace. Love, joy, peace, 
ease, kindness. This sounds familiar. Galatians 5, Paul writes, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. What's the opposite of anger? What's being slow to anger? It's being filled with the Spirit and allowing God's presence to, in a sense, invade us. See, when we tune in and we tone down and we lighten up, I think we start to live out and embrace what God has for us, how He's designed us to live. We start to embody what He is, who He is. Right? Who we are ought to be a reflection of who He is. And consider this out of Psalm 103, this description of God. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. When we tune in, we tone down, we lighten up, we start to embrace who He's made us to be and the life that He has made us to live. And we start to embody that as we live around other people. This is where we start to get along better, where we start to listen well. The output of our lives tends to be from what we have received. So as we come to understand that this is part of the character of God that we know and are to love, it should start to affect who we are in our interaction and encounters with others. This morning we're talking outward. We're talking about listening well to others. But I think that begins by listening well to God. That's something we want to do this morning. As we wrap up the service here, we're going to have an opportunity to worship together and and to pray together as well. And in in a sense, this is an opportunity to open up our hearts to God and invite him into this moment. I'm going to ask the band to come forward. As they do this, consider this. John 9, Jesus says, if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he, this is God, listens to him. Or Psalm 34, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry for help. This morning, as we close our service, this is a, a moment where we can pull before God. I'm going to sing a song called Speak, O Lord. This is an invitation for God to speak to us. It's a chance for us to tune into a God who is tuned into us. A chance for us to tone down and invite him to speak. An opportunity to lighten up and, and lay down offenses that maybe are perceived, maybe they're real but to choose to be slow to anger today, to release our burdens to him. So this morning, as we prepare to do this, let's invite God into this moment to speak to our hearts. If you came bearing a burden this morning or something to be let go of, this is a moment to let go of that. If there's a need in your life, we're here to pray for you. I'll be up here. We'll have others on the sides that would love to pray for you and listen to you this morning. Let's invite God to be speaking into our lives. Let's let's ask him to teach us and help us to be good listeners, to tune in and tone down and lighten up. Let's pray together. Jesus, forgive us for the times that we have been self-centered, where we get caught up in our own junk, in our own world. Lord, forgive us for the times where we've used words carelessly that have wounded and caused pain and hurt. Forgive us, Father, for we've sinned. But thank you today for your grace and mercy that are sure and are promised to us. Thank you for your love that was demonstrated most powerfully on the cross and through the empty grave. And thank you that this morning there is hope. 
Lord, this morning we come before you and we just ask you'd help us to be a listening people. Those who pay attention to others. And Lord, we recognize this morning that sometimes that begins by listening to you. And your affirmation and your love and your voice in our lives. Lord, use something this morning to encourage us from your word, your most clear voice to us, but also that that voice of you speaking to our hearts this morning. Help us, O God. We pray that in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. Let's worship him.